Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, May 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Congress is in the process of shaping one of the biggest legislative packages that is renewed every five years, the Farm Bill. Anybody who eats or wears clothes that are generated from natural fibers is actually touched by the Farm Bill. In just a few minutes, we'll examine why that bill matters and why it might be tough for a renewal this year. A St. Louis County judge has extended a block on Attorney General Andrew Bailey's rule restricting health care for transgender Missourians. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports the temporary restraining order keeps the rule from going into effect while the court weighs a legal challenge. Lawyers for the ACLU and other groups filed suit on behalf of some transgender patients and providers seeking to bar the rule from taking effect. Bailey's emergency regulations would require providers to prove patients have no unresolved mental health issues and have exhibited three concurrent years of gender dysphoria, among other requirements, before getting care. ACLU counsel Tony Rothert says the rule would put patients and providers at risk. This rule is presented as if it's something modest, but it's not at all. It's quite a monster and it, it, it'll take out uh, treatment for thousands of uh, Missourians. Bailey's office said in a statement its lawyers are confident they could prove gender-affirming treatments are experimental and thus subject to the new rule. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Two more prosecutors have resigned from the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office. Assistant Circuit Attorneys Chris Desolitz and Alex Pulta are the most recent to step down. Neither showed up at recent court dates. Both are involved in contempt cases against Gardner. A Circuit Attorney's Office spokesperson says that the office has made adjustments to assist prosecutors with workloads and remains a training ground for attorneys. At least six people are dead, dozens injured, following a series of crashes along Interstate 55 south of Springfield, Illinois. State police investigators are blaming low visibility from dust blowing off recently plowed fields. Montgomery County Emergency Management Director Kevin Schott says more than 80 vehicles were involved. Some were on fire, uh, so we had uh, vehicle fires to extinguish. We had to search every vehicle, whether they were involved in the accident or just pulled over to check for uh, for injuries. The injured range in age from 2 to 80. Legislation to create a new method to request a refund of St. Louis's earnings tax is advancing in Jefferson City. The Post-Dispatch reports the measure involves collecting the tax from people who worked outside the city during the pandemic. St. Louis has a 1% tax on workers in city limits. A financial analysis shows this bill could cost the city more than $65 million in revenue. The measure has been approved by the House and is moving to the state Senate. A hospital in Missouri and another in Kansas are under investigation for failing to follow a federal mandate applying to emergency abortions following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. The Midwest Newsroom's Holly Edgel reports. When a Missouri woman tried to get an emergency abortion at Freeman Health System in Joplin last August, the hospital turned her away, citing state law. Melissa Farmer next tried the University of Kansas Health System in Kansas City, Kansas. That hospital also turned her down, even though the abortion would have been legal in that state. Now, both hospitals are under investigation by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, according to an Associated Press report. That's because a federal mandate requires doctors to provide abortions when a woman's health is at risk. 
Farmer went into premature labor at 17 weeks. She was at risk of a serious infection and losing her uterus. She ultimately got an abortion in Illinois. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Holly Edgel in Kansas City. Twenty installations from world-renowned glass artist Dale Chihuly will be on display at the Missouri Botanical Gardens starting today. It's taking a team of ten more than three weeks to place the towering sculptures around the gardens. Daniel Zarella is the communications manager for the Chihuly Studio. She says the exhibitions are designed around specific environments. That's one of the things that's really wonderful about his different exhibitions is you're never really going to say this, see the same experience from one location to another, you know, so it's really about citing things right for the space that it's going to be in. The artwork will be on display through mid-October. Congress has to renew a gigantic piece of legislation called the Farm Bill every five years. The legislation sets the stage for our food and farming systems. But with a multi-trillion dollar debt ceiling crisis looming, Congress is looking for ways to slash spending, including the Farm Bill. Harvest Public Media's ex-Coret Nunez examines the major pieces of the measure and why it matters. Okay, you're not a farmer. So what does the Farm Bill have to do with you? Turns out, quite a bit. Anybody who eats or wears clothes that are generated from natural fibers is actually touched by the Farm Bill. That's Amy Hagerman, an agriculture and food policy specialist for Oklahoma State University Extension. She says this farm bill is predicted to cost about $700 billion over the next five years, the most expensive ever. Some Republican lawmakers want to cut spending in farm bill programs and are using the debt ceiling as leverage. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes to negotiate a farm bill. Of the bill's 12 sections, called Titles, lawmakers are likely to focus on what costs the most. So let's look at the four most expensive titles. The nutrition title is the biggest piece of the farm bill pie, with about 85% of its cost. That includes the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or SNAP, which helps more than 40 million low-income Americans buy groceries. Jonathan Koppis is the director of agriculture policy at the University of Illinois. He says cutting SNAP is a priority for some Republican lawmakers this farm bill cycle. If budget's driving our whole discussion, then we're looking around for big numbers to cut. And this is a big number, so it gets the first focus on on cutting. One way Republicans want to cut spending on SNAP is by adding more work requirements. Koppis says this fight between lawmakers isn't new. The work requirements discussion that we hear about is rooted in this kind of mindset that somehow these policies are motivating people not to work. Next, crop insurance. Farmers can purchase the insurance to protect against losing crops to natural disasters like drought or storms. It's the second most expensive title, accounting for 7% of farm bill spending. But it only covers crops like corn, soybeans, wheat, and cotton, while very few fruit and vegetable farms get coverage. Patrick Westhoff is the director of the University of Missouri's Food and Agricultural Policy Research Institute. He says he expects discussions about covering new specialty crops, but that would cost money. They're trying to find ways to make that a more affordable process, to make it easier to get those programs established even for some products they don't have as high of a value of production as some of the the major crops. 
Third, the commodities title. It provides subsidy payments to farmers that grow certain crops like corn, soybeans, wheat, and cotton, and makes up less than 5% of farm bill spending. So when the price of a commodity crop drops below a certain threshold, farmers are paid the market price for that specific commodity. But Westhoff says some farmers want lawmakers to raise those market prices to keep up with inflation. So we have relatively high prices for most agricultural products today. So under current policies, the commodity title will spend very little money in uh, the current year. Last major title we'll look at, conservation. It covers programs that encourage farmers to use practices that improve soil health and water quality. But Coppice of the University of Illinois says climate change will be at the center of lawmakers' conversations when it comes to the conservation title. The Inflation Reduction Act invested $20 billion into conservation programs, but Coppice says it's unknown how that will play a role in farm bill discussions. This really historical investment from the Inflation Reduction Act around climate change is, is something we've not ever seen uh, to that degree outside of the farm bill debate. So what happens next? Historically, each farm bill has been a bipartisan effort, but Coppice says he expects it will be difficult for Congress to pass a farm bill this year, especially as the debt ceiling deadline looms. If Congress doesn't pass a new version by September 30th, the best case scenario is they vote to extend the current farm bill for another year. I'm Excaret Nunez, Harvest Public Media. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains. Before wrapping up, I cannot let this day go without mentioning Gordon Lightfoot, who died last night. A giant of the folk rock scene in the 60s, 70s, and reaching into the 80s, Lightfoot's most prominent songs include Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, Sundown, and this one about the 1967 Detroit race riots. Black day in July, black day in July. In the streets of Motor City, there's a deathly silent sound. 43 people died in the violence. Lightfoot has left an impression on many other high-profile musicians. Johnny Cash, Olivia Newton-John, and Belinda Carlisle are among the numerous artists who have covered this classic. If you could read my mind, love, what a tale my thoughts could tell. If You Could Read My Mind was originally released in 1970. Bob Dylan has been quoted as saying, I can't think of any Gordon Lightfoot song I don't like. Lightfoot was 84. Ashley Lisenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Theme music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. I will be set free As long as I'm a ghost You can't see Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.